Yo, 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 yo. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show. Jarvis Jeffries. That's me. Along with Terrence Smith. What's good, guys? Good to be back. He's back. Nick Ely in the building. Terrence back in the building. What's up, y'all, man? Yeah, man. It's good to have T back, man. He's been out for a little minute. Uh, it had you down. Uh, it had you down, didn't it, T? It had, had me down and almost out, but I kicked out at two and a half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I appreciate y'all for, for holding it down in my absence. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. We're glad you're back. You're you only for that one. I, I, do, had, I, had, to, I had to deal with Jarvis by myself for a whole week. And I, you know, <laughs> Jarvis had to deal with you and your 11 and 1 Eagles. Man. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Jarvis. Man, look, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Uh, guys, there's so much to talk about, T. Um, I know you've got a lot to say as you come back in here uh, with your Ravens, man. We both had devastating losses. Mine a little bit more devastating, I think, than Terrence's. But as we know, Lamar Jackson on Sunday, he left the game with a knee injury, did not return. Ravens squeaked out the win 10-9 against the Denver Broncos. How bad is Russell Wilson and the Broncos? Oh, my God. Wow. And then Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners. You know, Garoppolo goes down, didn't return, found out it was a broken foot. He's going to have to have surgery. That season ending for him. And that's it for the Niners. Lamar is week to week, according to uh, John Harbaugh. He will be back, but probably not this coming uh, Sunday. But Garoppolo is done. And that may be the last snap that we've seen for him in the Niners in a Niners uniform. Who knows? It's funny how that happened. Very ironic that that happened the same day that we just heard where we got a report on Sunday morning. I think it was Bleacher Report saying that the Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo were very much open into a reunion in 2023. And maybe, you know, getting some kind of, you mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah, another another contract uh, signed or done. And it's like the same day, later that day, he possibly took his last uh, snap as a 49er because he breaks his foot. And this this should be it, though, ladies and gentlemen, as a Niner. We'll get into it in a minute, but we appreciate Jimmy. But this 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 is the reason why they drafted Trey Lance. You know, his he he will get hurt. And this has just happened so many times. We should be used to it by now. Um, it, you know, it shouldn't be such a low blow as it has been maybe like in 2018 or in 2020. But this is just a thing on a norm now. He's always hurt. When he comes back, he did play good enough to get a contract with somebody. But, you know, depending on where he goes with that team, he's going to be a bridge quarterback pretty soon here in his career. But we appreciate what he's done, and he was playing good. So it stings a little bit because he was actually playing good football. But this is what Jimmy does, you know. He gets to playing good, and then wham, he's done, just out. It's not a week-to-week thing with Jimmy. Sometimes he usually just goes down, and he's done. And there it is. Freak, another freak play. It is what it is, but we'll talk about that and more. But first, guys, we want to get this show started with talking about, and it's crazy because we should have talked about Jackson State University a lot more here on the Great Debate Show. And that, that that's on us. We did we really didn't do a lot of college football. We've just started to get back to it a little bit more. I've just, you know, even though we have kept up with what's going on with Jackson State and Coach Prime and we started to just mention it a little bit here the past few weeks, the past month or so, not realizing that this was it for, for you know, Coach Prime in Jackson. But, guys, um, 
we, Nick, I don't know if we uh, touched on it a, a bit or not. I think we might have brought up the fact that he was offered a contract by Colorado and a few other teams, a few other offers from other schools, but we didn't think that he would take the Colorado job. I don't know if we said that on wax or off wax, but, you know, some people even said that, I don't know if Colorado is a good job to take right now. Hey, let's just wait. And he took it. There's a lot of people right now that are upset and disappointed in Coach Prime for leaving an HBCU, going to a Power 5 school. Um, There are some people that, you know, think that, you know, uh, you got to take the good with the bad, uh, you know, and but still congratulate him. Uh, I don't know, guys, your thoughts. Um, I don't know, Terrence, since you're new, you're back to the show. Let's get you back in here. <laughs> I'm, 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 my seniority is gone, the new guy. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's get you back. Let's get you back in here to get you going, man. Get you revved up, get your engine going. Uh, coach Prime is now the new head coach in Colorado. He's already there, signed, has been introduced and in everything. Uh, him leaving Jackson State University uh, how did, how, what's your take on that and, you know, and what he's done while he was there? Yeah. Well, I just, I, I think honestly, the best thing I read on this, uh, over the past couple of days is honestly, it was honestly Nick's Facebook status. Uh, Nick was there, right. And basically what Nick said, I'm sure he'll explain it. That was that at some point, no matter the situation, people have to start seeing the argument from the other people's point of view. And I am very much on both sides of the fence. It was like, I can understand what people uh, feel a certain type of way about them leaving. On the other hand, it's business, and you always have to put yourself in a better situation from a business standpoint. I I am totally 1,000% on both of, of those sides of the fence. And I'll take that even a step further. I don't want to use Dion's... Um, uh, job placement or job uh, <laughs> uh, advancement as a as an analogy of how people should live their lives. But some people really do stay at their dog on jobs too long, and not just jobs. There there are relationships and 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 other things that they could move on from a lot quicker. Um, it should always be about being better. However, what I will say is that I have this one thing that I always go back to when it comes to uh, people and in, in not just in mainstream and mainstream, like, you know, life, but uh, just life itself. And, and that goes, the louder they yell Jesus, the less I trust them. I think I've said this on the show before. The louder they yell Jesus, the less I trust them. I never bought Dion's whole religious act. Never bought his whole, I'm a leader of men act. He might be, but Dion, we know why you're there. You are, you are trying to do the same thing every other coach is trying to do, and let's get the best job possible. And there's nothing wrong with that, but just say that. Uh, through all of that, it did some very good things for Jackson State. Put them in the best position they've ever been in. Got eyes on this school that's never been on, on this school before. Eyes on, on that conference that's never been on that conference. He's not swag, by the way. <laughs> uh, and 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 I and we we've never we have never in this country had a discussion about H, sports and H, HBCU the way that we have over the past three years from Dion being at Jackson State. So you know what he accomplished a lot of goals. 
Um, and you cannot fault him. And and it's not our it's not our um it's not our responsibility to say, well, when is when is the time to go? Do I wish he would have stayed one more year? He probably could have got a gotten a better job uh next year. But he decided it was time to go. We gotta respect the man. He's in a better position, his family's in a better position. His coaching staff, who wasn't getting paid to the best of my knowledge, is in a better position. And that's all I can hang my hat on. Okay, Nick. Uh, I don't know. Do we still have Nick? Nick, you there? Okay, well. Yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Sorry, guys. You, you are here? Okay. Yeah, hit the mute button. Sorry about that. Okay. But uh, I'm I'm surprised and I'm touched that, you know, the first time Terrence comes back on the show to being sick, the first thing he does is compliment something I had to say. I'm very surprised, and I've had a lot of time to look up and down social media. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, mean, I guess that being said, it, it, you know, I didn't have the tip competition, uh, you know, considering the wild stuff that people stay on social media. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I posted that the way I did to kind of try to generate a little conversation and, and try to show people that, you know, because I knew, you know, people with it, with this being such a polarizing thing, that there will be people on both sides coming to say, well, you got to think about this, you got to think about this. And I would say, I am thinking about that. So the people that come to me and say, well, you got to think about it. I mean, he was, you know, he was making 300000 a year. He was donating half of that back and the, the assistants aren't being paid. I get that. But there are people who are disappointed because they feel as though Dion has started something that had he continued could have, you know, not only eventually financially, uh, you know, kind of made that, that part of it right for him, but then from a broader perspective for HBCUs as a whole, you know, could have done a lot more. He's already brought over, you know, a Travis Hunter, who he got from Florida State. Uh, so, you you know, you're showing a kid, hey, or your message was you're showing these kids, hey, you don't have to go to these places to get recognized and get your shine. But then as soon as you get a chance to go to these places to get recognized and get your shine, you're out. You see what I'm saying? So I so th- that's what I would say to the person that said look at it from a financial standpoint. And then I would say the exact opposite thing to the person who would say, well, look at it from the – uh, from from the legacy standpoint, from the impact on your community standpoint, as far as HBCUs and black people, you say, yeah, okay. So how long was he supposed to continue to take this big of a pay cut? How long was he supposed to turn down five million dollar a year offers, six million dollar a year offers, eight, nine, ten million dollar a year offers if he ever gets to the, you know, to the SEC or you know one of the really big programs? How long is he supposed to turn turn that money down in in service of trying to better his community? I'm not saying that Dion's necessarily you know in need of money. But that's that's a large sacrifice to ask anybody to make, regardless of, you know, what their position is or what they're doing. So, I mean, he was really in a damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of situation. Um, you know, I, I even with all that being said, I do lean a little bit towards and understand the people who say, you know, the way he did it bothers him more than anything. I get that. But by the same token, I also understand that's Dion's personal brand. You know, he whenever he gets in on something, he's bought in until he ain't. And in the way he goes about it is inspiring to a lot of people, and that's why he's been able to make the name for himself that he has. Um, but it's one of those things you really, you really just kind of got to see it down the middle um, and look at it from his perspective and understand. Okay, hey, I was, you know, I was going to get it at some point anyway. There's not a, there's not a, not a acceptable time at which he could have left that he was going to get some backlash. So, you know, I get it, and that was kind of my whole point with the post. Okay, well. Um... 
Look, Deion Sanders, man, this is a guy that I, you know, no, no mistake about it. I've always been a huge fan of him from the Florida State days, you know, in college. He's the reason why I was a Florida State Seminole uh, as far as a fan. Uh, loved his time in San Francisco as a Niner just one year, but I cherished it and loved it. He was the damn defensive player of the year in 94 being with as a Niner. Won a Super Bowl. Love him. Love everything about him. Let's be honest, though. Um, first, let's let's understand. Deion Sanders never came to JSU saying or promising anything as far as whatever the hell we expected from him or we expected him to do while he was, you know, during his time there. Now, the two or three years that he's been there, we just got to, you know, just take it for what it is and understand that, hey, you know, hey, People make their own decisions and they do what they feel is best. Do I think he should have left? No, not yet. Not quite, especially not to that school. But that's neither here nor there. I I have nothing bad to say. I congratulate him and I wish him well over there in Colorado. But I, I can say this, man, look, he went through a lot. We don't know what all he went through while he was there, but he did do a lot of good things, man. I mean, look, the, the water was terrible, you know, over there. Uh, he's gotten robbed. You know, two or three times, his his truck is, his truck has gotten broken into. His son's vehicle has gotten broken into twice. I mean, it's like, and his son loved it there. From what I heard, he loved it in Jackson. But it's just like, I mean, look, man, this is what happens when you come, when you try to come back to the hood and you try to, you know, like, you know, again, it's nothing that he said that he was out to do. I mean, let's let's understand he took the job as a stepping stone. I think we all should know that he wasn't going to be there alone, no matter how good right. he turned it around and how things were progressing and started to look up the park. He's always told us the entire time, hey, <laughs> I, I I would be a fool not to, you know, look at a Power 5 school, you know, if if given the opportunity. He said that before. Yeah. So I'll say this, um, and, I'll, and I'll be brief. <sighs> I mean, again, I, I think that he should have stayed, and I wish he would have stayed. But let's look at what he's done the time that he was there. And maybe there are some ways that this will still benefit, you know, Jackson State University long after he's gone. Because there are things that he's did, that, that he done, I mean. Deion Sanders donated half his salary for Jackson State uh, football facilities. I mean, that's something that he, doesn't have, he didn't have to do. In three years, yeah. Coach Prime donated almost half a million dollars of his salary to JSU. He won two SWAC titles. Um, he landed the number one recruit in the nation. He helped the SWAC sign a historic new media rights deal, as well as a four hundred million dollar Pepsi deal, and a whole bunch of more endorsements that I that I that I know of, or have heard of. He's got uh he got college game day to come to Jackson, Mississippi, where he's had over thirty million dollars of an impact on the city of Jackson's economy, and that's that's not even counting in twenty twenty two. Um, the man cut the grass himself without without clean water to drink. Uh, he had his he had his and his sons, as I was just alluding to earlier, their trucks broken into multiple times. He yeah. he did he did I, I'm, he did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you finish. He did. I can assure you, where Deion Sanders lived, the water was just fine. Okay, well he was in Canton. De, De, he he lived in Canton. De, yeah, Deion Sanders. I can assure you, lived in the Collierville of. Jackson. He he lived in Canton. Yeah, he yeah. lived in Canton. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. But still, it was a water crisis and in, more, in, in Jackson. And it's more the eaves, but thank you. Okay, <laughs> and but <laughs> but but still, but still, uh, I digress. All of this has happened to him and his sons. Had their vehicles broken into. All of this, uh, you know, while his staff was severely underpaid. 
Uh, but you know, HBCU enrollments are increasing around the country. And 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 that's more money due to the increased exposure that Coach Prime brought to JSU. And, you know, uh, now a lot of people are mad because he, you know, he left for a P5 job. You know, hey, look, I get it. I get it. But he said multiple times again, I'd be a fool not to entertain a Power 5 offer. He he did say that. He never said that I'm here for the long haul. I'm not leaving until all HBCUs or this or that. He didn't make a bunch of power. Uh, uh, he didn't make a bunch of, you know, big power speeches and wishes like most presidents do in politics or whatever. He he didn't say it. So I don't understand why a lot of us are expecting it to be more than what it is. Am I disappointed? Yes, I am. I do think he should have stayed. But I, he has did quite a bit in the short time that he was there. And he came out of his own salary in his own pocket to do some things that he didn't have to do while he was there. But uh, it's a few things that I've tried to get done with Jackson State, and I know it was, it's was it been hard. And I hate to say it, but I've, I know what it's ran by. I can tell. And, you know, it's just how long can you put up with that? How long do you want to be around that? And, 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 again, you know, like a lot of people saying that they hate he's gone. I mean, my God, all you were trying to do was steal from him the whole time he was there. I mean, you know, but you can't you can't satisfy niggas, man. You know, that's just that you can't satisfy niggas. Now, as far as black people, I understand any of them for their reasons of being disappointed. It's probably the same reasons for me. But, you know, some people are upset for some of the wrong reasons. Again, hey, I think he should have stayed. That's not the job that I th- that I thought he should have took. But hey, hey, you all told us when Jay-Z got the NFL deal, hey, he's in the building now. Let's give him a ch- let's give him a shot. Let's give him a chance. Well, maybe Dion's got a plan. Let's see what Prime's plan is. Now that he's in the pack, whatever that is, uh, big whatever in Colorado, maybe he's gonna turn it around with the with the transfer. Pack twelve, right? Pack twelve. Okay, pack twelve yeah. with the transfer with the transfer portal and things like that. Hey, maybe he can turn that around in no time and gets Colorado to where he's going, and his staff can come with him and get paid more and. He can probably spread all of these, you know, black coaches around the league. I don't know what his plan is. I don't know. And I'm not trying to make excuses for Prime. I'm just saying that it's disappointing, but at the same time, what did you expect? You know, like, he, he, this, wasn't, yeah. this wasn't his first choice. It was his only choice. That's why he was in Jackson State. He was stuck there. Correct. He started there as Correct. a stepping stone, and now he's out. I just, I just hate it for the people that expected more. Because I knew better. I was just enjoying it while it was there, while it lasted, I mean. And it's over now. This is We should just get over it and move on. But look, what he, what he left, though, he did do some good things. Now, let's not talk about it. Be about it. JSU, as an HBCU, stand up and make the most of what he did for those facilities and everything that he brought in, all of the sponsorships. Keep that going, you know. Bring somebody else in. Hopefully, he learned the ropes. Maybe I don't know. I don't know who's going to take over, but – just like get something out of it, you know, or, or else yeah. you're just going to let it run right back down and nobody's going to want to go to it again. Hopefully he left a mark on it where somebody can just, you know, embrace it, take it from there. You know what I'm saying? Just pass the, the – Yeah, what, yeah. What's the maybe he probably go open that will stay open and maybe, maybe, maybe. other maybe. Uh, yeah. famous former athletes will come in. And maybe that's a spot where Cadillac Williams will decide to go to continue his coaching career since Auburn, you know, didn't um, – and hire him as their head coach. I mean, there, there are possibilities, but what 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 they shouldn't do, I think, is what you're alluding to, is just sit there and whine about Dion for the next thirty years when they can go and still be a great institution. There you go, T. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Yeah, and, and I and I'll just say this: 
I we were all around here when Calipari decided to go to Kentucky. And people in Memphis still hate Calipari to this day. He went to Kentucky. <laughs> like nobody turns their job down. Right, right. Yeah. You know, so I, I have from never Memphis, upset yes. with somebody yeah, from Memphis, for yes. advancing if 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 hey, if, if if my if my significant other decided to go and and uh they I don't know who's, who's out there uh, just to be <laughs> 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 she, she wouldn't do that. She would if, I do that, but if I lose a woman to Justin Bieber, I got a problem. I'm going to be honest with you. He's rich. I mean, it's okay. I'm just saying. Uh, I, I'm going to have a problem with that. I'm not losing he's, my He's rich. I don't care. But, uh, but hey, my point is, if she thinks that's better, go right on ahead. No, I'm, I'm not, not saying that. I'm, I'm not saying that's foolish. But I'm just saying, you know, if, 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 if she thinks that's better, whatever she thinks better is better, and she says, hey, I am with such and such. Be somebody out the street. I don't care. But my point is, if you think it's better, go for it. Right. Go for it. Right. You know, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going to hold a grudge against you for better in your life. And I feel right. like we should also approach that same thing to Dion and Calipari and any other famous person that takes a better job. Because what we do know is that once these institutions get done with you, they will. They will cut you loose. You know. So and, and Dion said as much. You either you either uh, elevate or terminate. I was gonna say too though. That's it. My my only my only my only pushback on the Calipari reference is that people's issue with him in Memphis was that they they felt like he could have the Kentucky experience in Memphis. They felt like he could be you know he he was already, he already really had you know that level of teams like like Dion's never gonna get Jackson State. Oh, he could maybe he, never in the next ten years, twenty years, he will get Jackson right, State right. to the national championship. But Cal already had Memphis in the championship in the final four, wherever they got to when they lost the game. championship. Absolutely. But it's still and Kentucky. So, it is still Kentucky. So I, I get it. Yeah. But it was it was that was my only little pushback. Like, uh, Yeah, the check the, the, the check that Kentucky was cutting like Memphis wasn't going to be able to cut that. Man, that yeah, that's right, true. right. And and another thing, the check that Colorado cut. What was it again? Is it five million? Yeah, Jackson State there's was no, not going to be able to cut there, that. There's no way Jackson State could match that. HBCU that's barely pulling in it. No, there was oh, yeah, no way. Yeah, that wasn't happening. Yeah, that couldn't happen. And, and, and you know, know what? And, 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 then, it was and about that's something that I think should be brought, should be brought up, too. Uh, this country has is, is criminally underfunded um, HBCUs. That's, that that could yes. also be yes. a part of the problem. Yes, and maybe that changes. A huge part of the problem. Yes, um, no doubt. And maybe, But maybe that changes a little bit that he came in. And that he made some changes that he, you know, he he's done some things and he's kind of put HBCUs on the map again. It's been a cool thing. I want to say this last thing before we move on because we got a lot of football to talk about and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, but I want to say this one more thing. Like, okay, he, I I do agree, and I'm disappointed he should have stayed. But even though he's gone, it's still Jackson State. It still lives on. Like JSU is not right. going anywhere. Keep supporting it. Keep buying the tickets that you started to buy because if you don't support. The HBCU, like you were doing when Prime was there, then it you just looked like a damn groupie. You were only coming there because of Prime being there. Now he's gone. Now you're gone. Now you're leaving. That's what I'm kind of hearing. And it's like, why? Just keep it going. You know, keep it pushing. Yeah. Keep supporting the, the black college because that's what it's supposed to be about, not who's coaching in any damn way. But, hey, he brought it up. Look, again, I'm not saying that it's a bunch of BS what he said at his press conference. I'm not saying that I buy a word of it. I'm not saying that. I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't dare buy anything he says. Yeah, you know, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that I don't expect much from others. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I believe in me, and that's it. You know, I don't really expect, 
you know, anything much out of anybody else, you know, that's if it's not in my control, you know, so like I wasn't that upset about it. I was just like, it was just more of a, uh, oh, well, I'm not surprised. But, you know, damn, I didn't think he would get I didn't think he would take the first offer that quick, you know, like, OK, you know, I, I really thought he was waiting on Florida State to come knocking. I really did. I thought that he could hang out a few more years until Florida State decided to say, hey, we need to bring him in. And then, hey, nobody can say much other than, man, this is all this is alma mater. You know, like Harbaugh's doing it. Why would he want to do it? But yeah, to take this, it seems like, yeah, hey, man, I'm ready to get the hell out of Jackson. But but hey y'all let's let let me let me be, let me be honest let's be honest who the hell wants to stay in Jackson <laughs> no I'm just being honest I know he was in Canton but it's like come on man like we know that is Memphis it's just smaller you know that's that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah. it but you know and, and again they 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 tried to they tried to rob him every chance they got you know like so why are they upset uh, he's gone and some of the reasons why he's gone we're probably the reasons why you know hate to say it but that could be it Jackson's rough. And I don't know if a prime, I think he's from Florida or something like that. I don't know if, you know, he's really cut for that. He's got a little dog in him now, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, you know, as soon as he had a chance to get out of there, he did. Again, though, he never said that he was there, you know, permanently. He never said what he was aiming and willing to do before he left, you know. He just said he'd be a fool if he, you know, wouldn't look at a Power 5 offer. And now we didn't know he was going to jump on the first one, but he never said that he was staying. So it is what it is. He's out of there. He's in Colorado. But keep supporting JSU because that's what it's supposed to be about um, for the people that had started going down there because it really started to get lit every weekend. People from every and all parts of, you know, the Mid-South, Memphis, Tennessee, North Mississippi, and beyond where we're heading to Jackson every other weekend, you know. And I want that to continue, though. If not, you're just a damn groupie. Um, anyway, the Great Debate Show is available wherever you get your podcast. Follow and download. We've got so much news to talk about. Nick and the Philadelphia Eagles, they're still un- they're still 11-1. and one. I was about to say undefeated. They have lost. But, damn. I mean, like, the Tennessee Titans, man, they didn't even pinch the, the Philadelphia Eagles in this one. I don't know if it would have been a good game or not if Traylon Burks hadn't have got hurt, but he took a vicious hit. I don't even know how he held on to it, but he did. He got the touchdown, but that was the last of him for the day. And uh, I don't know how that guy didn't get ejected for that, but uh, I know it wasn't intentional, intentional, but still, Burks was done, and he didn't come back or return. And the Niners' offense, I mean, the uh, the Titans' offense just, it was just pretty much handicapped, it seemed, after that. Derrick Henry still struggling. Offensive line still struggling. Nick, your Eagles, 11-1. You're still doing your damn thing. Um, what do you have to say about that game? And uh, Because the Titans are still no pushover, but you definitely pushed them over. So how convincing was that win for you? I know what you're thinking already, but I guess I guess, I guess what I'm saying is what are you going to tell us today to try to, um, you know, convince us that you are right, the Eagles are the best and they're going to win the whole damn thing? I mean, I, I personally didn't need any more convincing. Um, I've, I've kind of, you know, been on the on the side of, hey, we're really this good for quite a while. Um, that being said, what I will say that I that I want to do a little gloating about that I mentioned you guys pre-show. If you get people listening last week, I told y'all if you if you end up doing parlays, AJ Brown, hundred yards, two touchdowns, it's coming. Revenge game, I'm telling you. I said that, and AJ Brown 
shows up, goes for eight catches, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. So I genuinely hope somebody got paid off of that because I very nearly did, but Austin Eckler sucks. Anyways, um, the other thing I want to I want to speak to, I want to talk particularly to uh, one former Raven, and that is ESPN's Bart Scott. Uh, Bart Scott got on TV last week and decided that he wanted to say that the reason he didn't believe in the Eagles is because he thought that if Jalen Hurts was in a situation where he had to win the game purely with his arm, he couldn't do it. The Eagles, ladies and gentlemen, on Sunday attempted to run the ball 24 times for a total of 67 yards. It's 2.8 yards per carry. That is paltry in the NFL. All right. Jalen Hurts, meanwhile, went 29 for 39 for 380 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. Do we have any more questions about whether Jalen Hurts can throw the ball or can we can we move on from the subject, Bart Scott? The only thing I'm questioning is why you're listening to Bart Scott. Yeah, so me I don't, too. So, so, so to be fair, I don't put a lot of stock in what Bart Scott has to say. Yeah. It's, this was just more so to be able to rub in his face that I don't put a lot of stock in what he has to say, if he happens to listen to my show at all. <laughs> right, right, right. No, I understand. I understand. He, and somebody probably he probably does hear it. But uh, so I got you. But yeah, no, nah, man. It, I told you, man, weeks weeks ago, months ago. I'm I'm sold on Jalen Hurts, and I just told you last week on why. Hell, I think he still should be up for the MVP race over what I saw him do when it. Because I know what he can do with his legs, but now that he's been throwing the ball so phenomenal, so amazing this this season. It's almost like he just you know kind of got crippled and said, "Well, look, I'm good in the pocket." Now he's showing you, hey, look, don't forget, I was running before I was thrown, before I convinced you that I could throw, you know, accurate passes deep and all of that. So now he's letting it be known, yes, I am a dual-threat quarterback. Don't forget it. Don't get it twisted. And so, yes, uh, y'all was ready to put that Mahomes, that, that, the Mahomes MVP in the, in, the, in the box, wrap it up, and go ahead and ship it. But I'm telling you, hold up, Jalen Hurts is balling. So I'm convinced, man. Forget, forget what Bob Scott is talking about. I'm convinced. The Eagles are are good. Jalen Hurts is good. I'm sold. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I think the, I saw them play. I forgot which was it was earlier in the season where I watched them play somebody. Just the way that he commanded that offense and just made great decisions. Uh, I knew then that this this team would because I I think going into the season, people knew that this team was loaded pretty much everywhere, but it. It was essentially going to come down to the play of Jalen Hurts, and he is not disappointed, not even for a second. Even the game they lost, he made enough plays to win that game. So anybody that's still doubting Jalen Hurts is just doing it for the sake of commentary, and not because they really believe it. I don't, I don't believe for a second that Bart Scott believes what he was saying. Mm-hmm. There's no way possible. Right. No way possible. Right. Yep. So we can move on from that. The Eagles are still good. Nick, Nick, Nick knows that. Uh, okay, but the Eagles, eleven and one, dog the Titans again. I did not know Burks would get knocked out that early. I said that he would be a factor on what happened, and he got his touchdown. And then AJ got his touchdown, and I'm like, okay, well we got that out the way. New ball game, and then he just got another one, and AJ just you know, and it, it just kind of went downhill. It got ugly from there. But uh, the Titans are dealing yeah, with a lot of bet on that young man too, because Traylon Burks got hit hard, man. I, I he got hit hard. That actually reminded me of a play. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Anquan Bolden was still in Arizona playing against the Ravens. As a matter, of fact. I do. I do remember that he broke his jaw. And he, and he caught the touchdown in the end zone, but he <laughs> excuse me, broke his. 
Oh, I got hit. And, uh, of course, broke his jaw. But he held the ball. And he played the next week, man. With his jaw wired shut. That was that was some of the most gangster shit I've ever seen. He literally was out there, like, playing through the (laughs) wire. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. I do. I remember that. Yep. And he held on to it as well. Shouts out to Anquan. Yep. Um... Hell, I've still got Anquan up on my wall too as well, uh, just in the Niner jersey, uh, instead of the Raven. Uh and the car. Naturally. But but yeah, he was yeah. <laughs> but uh hell of a hell of a player, man. Uh his entire career. All right, so Eagles eleven and one. They're still atop the NFC, best record in the damn league in the NFL. Uh and Jalen Hurts kind of knocking at the door uh, at the MV for the MVP race. Uh now, guys, um, before we get into our teams real quick, I said that the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, you know, would beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick, you went with Kansas City, of course, uh, as I'm sure most people did. But this is now 3-0 and for Joe Burrow over Patrick Mahomes. And they did exactly what I said that they would do. A lot of times they rushed three and dropped eight in coverage, and Patrick Mahomes once again looked confused and was running around scrambling you know, trying to make a play and just couldn't get anything going. And I damn near, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, I think I said 28-24. I think I said 28-24 Bengals, and, man, was I close. Bengals won 27-24. Nick, um, I guess just the way to rub that one in, I finally got something right here, you know, because I definitely <laughs> I, 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 I definitely sometimes go out the way to make a bold prediction. Sometimes I want to be so right. I want to be the only one right, and that's why I can find myself being wrong a lot. Uh, but this one I was right about. Joe Burrow is that dude. I've been saying that. Does he really? Is he? Joe? Is he Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs kryptonite? Uh, let's start with Nick on this one since Nick is the one who's wrong uh, by going with the Chiefs. <laughs> let's, let's, let's see what he has to say first. Yes, that way, Jarvis. You taking the attitude, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So I, I can't be mad at that. But um, yeah, man. I mean, that, that's a real conversation we got to have at this point. You know, we've tossed a lot of guys, uh, you know, kind of up there to try to see, you know, who's going to be the the guy to kind of rival Patrick Mahomes over the next ten, fifteen years, or however long this thing goes. And uh, you know, we tried the Justin Herberts and the Lamar Jackson and. Uh, you know, some other guys there, and, and Pat's beaten all of them, but the only one he has to beat to this point is Joe Burrow. Um, Josh Allen was another one. I, was, I missed him in there. Um, the only one he has to beat is Joe Burrow, and the 3-0 against him literally just this calendar year between the AFC Championship game and then, uh, excuse me, uh, late in the season last year, and then the AFC Championship game, and then, uh, of course, you know, this year. So, that you know, that's a real conversation. Um, you know, and, and to be clear, I always thought Joe Burrow was definitely one of those guys that he's going to be, you know, right there in that conversation for, for some time going forward. And uh, so the fact that he did beat him, you know, or that it, that the Bengals won is not entirely shocking. Um, you know, I just I would have picked the Chiefs, and I did pick the Chiefs to get it done, and uh, they didn't. And as you said, Jarvis, they did a great job on defense in terms of just, you know, really dropping a lot of guys in the coverage and, and kind of keeping Patrick off balance. Uh, through for what 220 yards or something like that. So, um, so the probably you know one of his worst games of the year, if not if not the worst game of the year that he's had. Yeah. And so uh, you got to got to give the Bengals some credit for that for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chiefs is still definitely a viable threat. Um, anybody else that they see, you know, obviously they they uh, they definitely got the ability to to uh, blow a game open there pretty quick. But uh, the Bengals seem to seem to kind of have a number. 
not not completely unlike the Saints kind of thing to have with the Bucks, regardless of what the records are. You know, the Saints, uh, as you know, as we see now, and I don't know the score is at this point. I think that, I think somebody said they were up two touchdowns a little earlier. But uh, you know, they seem to have that number for Tom Brady ever since he got in Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tom Brady's driving right now. We're, we're we're still recording live, ladies and gentlemen. By the time you hear this, of course, there will be a winner, and we'll announce that here in a minute here. As we're going to talk about it, but yeah, sixteen ten. Brady's got the ball with a with a minute left, and uh, and about a minute left. I think they're like a twenty seven yard line of New Orleans. And one time mm-hmm. out, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know how this is going to end. We've seen this before, <laughs> so that's why we decided yep. to go ahead and get started with our Tuesday episode of the Great Debate Show. Uh, so yeah, Nick. Okay, good analysis on that game from Sunday, Kansas City, Cincinnati. T. What did you think about the Bengals? Uh, again, you know, beating the Chiefs for yet a third time. You know, uh, Cincinnati has, has pretty much shown you what they're going to do. They are not going to give Mahomes those big players over the top. I think this where this is where, and listen, some great teams never have to worry about this, uh, but sometimes they do, and this is where you have to make your adjustments. This is where you have to not get cute and be uh, be steadfast in running the ball and being consistent with running the ball. And uh, I don't think that as a lot of these teams are as committed to the run game as they need to be. And I know that that's, that's a lost art. Being committed to the run game is a lost art. But being able to do it well, <laughs> excuse me, and be committed to it, uh, I think that Buffalo and Kansas City to learn a thing or two about that. And it might get them over the hump with some of these games that they're struggling with. One of those being because because Cincinnati is going to play a tough game. They are. And the thing about Cincinnati is they're going to play a tough game and they're explosive enough to where they can get those big plays uh, if you're not careful. So I just I just think they just pose a very unique and a very tough matchup for Kansas City. Um, they have now beaten Kansas City what three times? And that's and we we all talk about how hard it is to beat a team three times in a row, <laughs> and they might meet up. And they might meet up in the playoffs again. Who knows? As, yeah. as a matter of fact, I think if the playoffs started now, would they? Well, Kansas City would get a bye week. Yeah, Kansas City would but, get a bye. But yeah, it sounds like Tampa just scored. I can hear the game in the, kind of the background. But oh, my yeah. point is, oh, yeah. they could they could very they could very easily meet in the uh, playoffs again. And you know, what do you do if you, what if you do if you're Kansas City? Right. They've got to run the ball. They've got to be good at running the ball, and they have to be prepared to run a tough game. Everything can't be big play. Yeah, that's right. And it seems like he was stressing, looking for the big play, and he started to get aggravated, and the defense was just Absolutely. frustrating. Absolutely. Yeah, and, he was going and, it, and it is aggravating. Yeah. It, I, is, it is aggravating because it's what you want to do, and because you're so good at it. Yeah. But these guys, are just, they're just not going to let you do that. What you are going to have to do is um, – Run the ball. You got to still got to score some points, but you got to play good defense. You have to do it to them what they're doing to you. Yeah, that's right. We thought we thought he had, we thought he had gotten past that though, uh, considering how good he had been playing and he was just taking what the defense was giving him and you know just carving right. them up all over the field, whether it be underneath, middle, deep, over the top, or whatever. But uh, yeah, it looked like he was starting to get very frustrated, and that's what the Bengals defense has done. I've said this before, though, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I've said it the past few weeks here, and now Jamar Chase is back. The Bengals are the hottest team in the AFC. 
We can talk this Buffalo Bill, this Kansas City talk all you want, but how do you not give credit to the team that is beaten, who, 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 who beats the Kansas City Chiefs like it's nothing? And they've done it three straight times now. Give some respect, you know, to the Cincinnati Bengals. Put some respect on Joe Burrow's name. He pulled up on those guys like y'all must have forgot, just like Roy Jones. And I think that's what people have forgotten. The Bengals are the defending AFC champs. So that's that. They were in the Super Bowl last year, and I think that they kind of, you know, felt like Roy Jones on Sunday. Y'all must have forgot. All right, so. Quick quick statement on what Terrence said. Uh, If if the playoffs started today, the Bengals would actually be the five seed. Uh, They would have to go to Miami. And I would like their chances in Miami. I'm not saying that they would beat them, but I like their chances right now. Kansas City is actually the two seed now, so their first game, uh, they would have the Jets coming to town. Who's took the number one seed? Buffalo? The Bills. The Bills are no, mm-hmm. on one again? Okay. Well, okay. That's what I'm looking at. Well, no, Kansas City beat Buffalo, didn't they? No, Buffalo beat KC. Sure did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo, look at right there. Buffalo's number one. Okay. Okay. And that's something else that we haven't talked about. Kansas City, as good as they've been, they've, they've lost to Buffalo and Cincinnati, and those are the top AFC teams there. They barely beat Tennessee. So, how good are the Chiefs here? Huh? Um, we'll, 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 we'll keep watching. I'm not trying to overreact. I know what Patrick Mahomes is and it's just one game, but I'm just saying like, shouldn't other teams be doing what the Bengals are doing? It seems like it works. All right. But anyway, let's keep it moving. Terrence, before we get to my team, let's talk about your Ravens. All right. You didn't get to talk about the Ravens in their meltdown once again from last week, but they came back and they were looking to redeem themselves. But in the process of that early, Lamar Jackson got hurt. Looks like it's a knee injury. Uh, the coach Harbaugh is saying that it's week to week. I went on a rant last week about Harbaugh and why he should probably be fired. Like, why the hell is he the coach? What does he do? And, like, some of this blame has to go on him. But anyway, you know, like, hey, trying to redeem themselves as as bad, as good as they, how, as good as they are defensively, that's how, you know, they've been just as bad offensively. They were able to get the win, but – Terrence, says, what where do you see your Ravens right now? At uh what, eight and four? <laughs> the same they the same as they were the year before. The same as they were the year before. It's crazy that like no matter how how no matter how much progress Lamar makes, the team just doesn't make the progress around him. Like they don't make the progress with him. And I don't know if I've ever seen that where a team's best player constantly gets better. Uh, for the team around him, the rest of the team just—it it doesn't elevate the team the way that you, you you think it would. That team, really, as it's constructed, has reached its ceiling. <laughs> they re- they've reached the ceiling, right? Right. And they are not going to get better until they make drastic improvements to the offense. And th- those improvements—they have just been so reluctant to uh, bring in a big name receiver. Don't understand it. Not even about to try to figure out why. Uh, I will say that Bateman coming back this year was a big help. But, of course, Bateman's out. I don't know how much longer he'll be out. Uh, but I think that's I mean, that's 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 essentially what's wrong with the offense is that Bateman is out. And that's, it just takes a, a level of explosive, explosiveness away that you would think they would have, but they just don't have it. Uh, as far as Sunday... Listen, the, literally the only team in the league they would have beaten are the Broncos. 
because as bad as Baltimore has been on offense, Ouch. the Denver Broncos have been exponentially worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. uh, so the, the the Broncos are the only team that, like, without Lamar, <laughs> that, you know, they probably beat. And even that came down to a, you know, I think a last-second field goal that um, uh, Denver missed. But now they can they can win some games with Huntley. I'm not I'm not Huntley is very capable of coming in and running the offense and playing well. Uh, it's just that Lamar puts them makes them that much better. Just just not as good as they should be. So I mean that's my take on my Ravens right now. They they they've got to make some improvements to the roster and you know Lamar has to be great in order to be a good team. And that's all that's as far that's as far as they can be as a good team. Well, um, uh, I just want to say that real quick. Look, Lamar Jackson, I had been saying all along, I didn't think it was a good idea for him to play football this year. Now, I know everybody's like, man, but we want to see him play, and we know he'll ball out. Well, he's betting on himself. Okay, well, this is what you get when you bet on yourself. You bet on yourself with a team that done nothing to invest in you or that offense. They didn't put anything. They gave you Deshaun Jackson. That's what they gave you. I mean, honestly, seriously, and I said before, how how can we not look at the last time he was hurt and he missed the pat the last four games of the 2021 season and the Baltimore Ravens went 0 and 4 during his timeout. That's enough there to show how valuable you are to the team, to the franchise. That should have been enough to get him paid there. So he wants to run the numbers up, and he says, okay, I'll bet on myself. You don't want to pay me now? Watch this. Watch what I do. And now he's hurt, and he's week to week, and he's probably going to be out this coming game. I don't know. I just I just think that you know it, it might have been a mistake, and, and it has nothing to do with him not having an agent or anything like that, him or his mom. It's nothing about that. It's just that, look, Baltimore has just done bad with this. To me, they've really dropped the ball with this – this guy is the franchise. He's going to be great somewhere else if you don't watch it. And I wouldn't blame him. You know, even as a Raven fan, I'd probably turn my card in if we somehow let that happen. But you know what? If it happens, damn them. Because they really have failed and dropped the ball miserably here. I think Harbaugh needs to go. It needs to be a dumpster fire. I don't know who the general manager is, but you need to let go of Harbaugh because Harbaugh won't let go of Greg Roman. And he definitely sucks. Like, the Ravens have been very hard to watch even with Lamar Jackson, because it's like, man, I mean, we know it's explosive plays coming, but maybe not, or only if he makes, you know, some run, only if he takes off, but he's been trying to stay in the pocket and he's been trying to, because he's betting on himself, he wants to be in the pocket more, he wants to be passing, but it's just not a lot there with the lack of talent that he has outside. Outside of Andrews, it's still nothing. And it's like, shame on you, Baltimore. But, man, like, th- yeah, this is what happens when you don't get the man any talent and you keep just letting him just do what he do. Hey, Lamar, just be great. Just be the best player in the league. And get. And if you get hurt in the process, oh, well. But we thank you. We thank you for your hard work and dedication. This is a big F you to me, man. He shouldn't have came back. I said it was a gamble. And, man, I don't know what, what the dice look like to y'all. Uh, Nick, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate that he did get hurt. Uh, like I said, for what it sounds like, it's not anything too serious. Maybe a couple weeks or so they'll miss. Um, 
and I get where you're coming from, Jarvis, from the standpoint of I get where everybody's coming from when they when they said that you know they didn't agree that he should you know put himself at risk and bet on himself the way he was and all of that. I, I get that concern, and I had a, I had a little bit of that concern. I just felt like he I felt like and was rooting for him to kind of win the bet. And uh, to some extent, I would still say that he has. I mean, he still had a pretty good yeah. year so far. Um, still, I've been very impactful when it comes to the Ravens, uh, the Ravens' success. And so, uh, I think this will, will further um, illustrate the point that their success is dependent on him being present and being healthy and uh, being on top of his game. So, you know, that in and of itself is is more fodder for him to get the to get the contract that he deserves. And so, um, definitely rooting for that to still happen. Uh, but the Ravens need to, they they definitely got to make some serious overhaul at uh, at some other positions, particularly on um, having playmakers outside of Lamar Jackson. I mean, uh, as much as as uh, Jarvis just kind of dumped my boy Deshaun Jackson there, he, he's not terrible, but uh, certainly you know the Ravens are, are are and have been for quite some time in the market for a number a true number one receiver, and it doesn't seem that they really made any moves to get any. Um, you know, AJ Brown obviously was available, and you know we made that move, so. I'm kind of glad they didn't make that one, but um, you know, even when uh, even though he didn't turn out to be, you know, what he used to be, even Julio Jones was available. Uh, you know, there have been other guys that they could have made plays for, and uh, and they just haven't. And uh, you know, it's really a shame to have a talent like Lamar, and uh, not you know not do what you ought to do to try to put some talent around him. I mean, it's, it's you know, I hate to be kind of that guy rubbing it in further, but it's literally the exact opposite of what the Eagles have done. You know, we looked at it and said, okay, hey. We're going to put everything around Jalen to figure out if Jalen is what, what we need him to be. And I feel like if the Ravens did the same for Lamar, um, they would they would have similar results. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, so moving on, not only did Lamar Jackson go down, even though he's only week to week, not so lucky for the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo went down early in Sunday's game against the Miami Dolphins. This is a game that me and Nick, we disagreed on this one either, On this one also. I went Dolphins. I mean, I went Niners. Nick went Dolphins. This is another one I got him on. That's another win for me right there. Uh, but, the, but it was still a loss for me and most of the Niner fans because Jimmy Garoppolo's done for the season. So uh, before, I, before I give my take, I'll let you guys weigh in. How as good as this defense is, because San Francisco, you got to give it up, for five straight games, it's been during this five-game winning streak. They now have the best, uh, longest active winning streak in the league right now. It was the Dolphins before we knocked the Dolphins off. The Dolphins, I mean, the Niners' defense is number one statistically as far as yards and points allowed and all of that good stuff. And it has to be good now. It looks like it from here on out. But it is a great defense. It is. Nick Bosa had a huge day on Sunday. Again, their left tackle Armstead was out, but I think he still would have at least gotten a sack and and you know you know brought some pressures on the quarterback. But I ask you guys, how much of a threat are the Niners now since Jimmy Garoppolo was down? I know a lot of you probably had well Nick had a little bit more faith in Jimmy than I did, even though I begin to say hey hey man as long as Jimmy's playing like this, I ain't mad at you. And he was and he was starting to do good, but now he's done. So, and Terrence, I know you didn't care much for Jimmy, neither as I, uh, as I did either, or didn't much, you know. But my whole thing is, T, hey, uh, I'll, I'll get your opinion first. Now that he's done, and I don't know what y'all thought the Niners would do with him, but I, I know it was probably better than what you think now. Where are the Niners now that Jimmy is out? And um, 
where do they go from here? You know, like if they can't like at the NFC West, are they going to lose this now to Seattle? Let alone, are they are, are they even a Super Bowl contender? I guess. Yeah, I mean, honestly, my opinion about the 49ers hasn't changed much. Changed much. I um, I don't know much about this Purdy character. But what I saw from him yesterday, he didn't look bad. It looks like he's got a quicker release than Garoppolo, and it's like he's got a lot more uh, a lot more zip <laughs> uh, than Garoppolo, which which could prove to be uh, very useful down the stretch. So I don't. As good as the defense is, I don't. I don't have any uh, different thoughts about the Port of Uh Such for Garoppolo, I, I very much hope he, you know, he recovers and comes back next year on, on somebody's roster. If it's, if it's not the Port of and you know, plays well again. But uh, no, nah, man, my opinion about the Port of hasn't changed. Actually, if they can just have solid quarterback play, quarterback play is not what make them win games anyway. Uh, the defense and uh, you know, and, and not turning the ball over. If, if Purdy or, or dare I say, who am I, uh, <laughs> uh, Matt, uh, what's his name? Uh, Garoppolo. Purdy. Who? Purdy, Garoppolo. Who, who would you who would you speaking of? No, from, from Carolina. Uh, oh, Baker, Baker Mayfield? Maker, Baker Mayfield. Why am, why am I calling him Matt? If, dare I say Baker Mayfield? Uh, can come in and and and, and not. Uh, I think they. I think they did sign like Josh Johnson or something in all, in all seriousness. They yeah. did, yeah. Yeah. Can come in and just not turn the ball over, make a play or two here and there. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. I. I know nothing of Brock Purdy. I'll be perfectly honest. Um. The name, just listening to it, does not invoke a lot of confidence. But uh, you know, from a couple from what Terrence just said, and a couple of tweets I saw from some NFL writers uh, a little earlier and yesterday, um, it seems that you know there's there's some confidence in them. Uh, I think Jarvis sent us something regarding uh, you know kind of how the 49ers defense felt about him, saying, "Hey, you know he's going against the best defense in the league every day, so he'll be fine." You know, we got we got confidence in him, um, and so that you know that that says something, I suppose. Um, and you know, with that being said, if he if he is a capable backup, he doesn't have to be a great one, just a capable one. I don't think it's really a a, a huge um, downgrade for the for the 49ers per se, because their offense is never is not really about the quarterback. Uh, other than you know, quarterback is take care of the ball and distribute it to playmakers. It's, it's not really you know for him to. They're not asking him to be Patrick Mahomes, okay? They're not asking you know asking him to go out here and and you know draw plays in the dirt and make stuff happen on the move and do all of this. Get the ball to you, playmakers, and let them do what they do. Don't turn the ball over and let the defense go do what it does. Um, so you know, the Forty Nine. I don't think I don't think it's over for them. Um, you know, it's taking a step back as far as being a true title contender. But uh, I certainly think that the division is theirs theirs to lose. Um, and you know, the, how far they can go will depend on how well Brock Purdy kind of puts this thing together and, and is able to carry him. Now, whether or not they get into the Baker Mayfield conversation, I will. Uh, I'll leave that for Jarvis to talk about because I, I'll leave it for Jarvis. I think that'll be more entertaining. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take it from here. Uh, so, basically, man, look. First, I want to say Jimmy Garoppolo can't win for losing. Uh, tough break for him. Uh, hate it for him. Yeah, get your foot right and. You know, there'll be there'll be a job for you in the NFL somewhere because you were having um, one of your best seasons, pretty much of yeah. your career. You were on a good, you were in, at a good pace, and that's not bad to be 
the starting the season as the backup. Uh, again, but again, this is the reason why we drafted Trey Lance. Uh, whether he's the answer or not, the des- I, you know, them doing it, whether they were desperate or whatever it may be, they done it because of this very reason. Jimmy Garoppolo will get injured, and he did it again. And sometimes it happens at the worst time, and it did again. So it's, it, it stung. It definitely stung because Garoppolo was playing good football, and I was actually starting to tell myself, man, I think Jimmy G may actually win us a damn Super Bowl. And as soon as I was getting my – bam, there it is. And so, again, hey, build you up to let you down. I don't know. It really did happen. I thought it was an ankle injury, but they say it's the foot. But either way it goes, he's done for the season. It is what it is. Now, here's what I got from Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy didn't – he looked pretty good to me, to be honest with you. I mean, he looked pretty, pretty good. Uh, look, I don't know what the Niners are going to do after this uh, for the future. I'm not sure. But uh, as of right now, and there are things to think about in the future, you know, now was this the last snap for the 40 for Jimmy Garoppolo as a Niner? Is he going elsewhere? If so, are they ready to give the keys to Trey Lance? Will somebody like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers be a Niner for one year instead in 2023? Who knows? I mean, everything is up in the air right now because Garoppolo probably has gotten hurt for the last time as a Niner. I mean, why would they want to bring him back after this? I mean, I know what they talked about that morning, but dang, like, like this is enough. We've seen enough. I think we know what we'll get from Jimmy. You know, that's it. And yes, he was good when he was there and when he was healthy. But again, his inability of availability has always been a thing for me. All right. So I'm gonna say this though. Cal Shanahan was amazing on Sunday. First of all, bang bang Niner gang, good win. You beat the Dolphins. A lot of people didn't expect the Niners to get this win. I've I've been on the record a few times to say Mike McDaniel sometimes runs. Our offense better in Miami than we run it in San Fran. But again, teacher versus protege. And I told you guys that he would do him the same way he's done McVay, the same way that, you know, he's uh, done uh, LaFleur, and now add McDaniel to the list. These are his sons, as Nicki Minaj would say in a lot of her rhymes. They're his sons. <laughs> and... And, and that's just the way it goes. So, you know, as much as I get on Kyle, this is when they let him shine or this is when he shines. However, however, this is what happens. That's the case. Okay. But I will say this now. Brock Purdy did look good. He's got a quick release. Uh, he can throw the same throws that Jimmy can throw. I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm not throwing any shade at Jimmy. I just gave him his props and I just wished him well. All right. Let's say that now because you can't say anything without being a hater these days. I'm not throwing any shade. I'm not throwing any shade. But, guys, I'm telling you now, I didn't even realize for a moment that Jimmy Garoppolo had left the damn game. It looked the exact same. The offense rolled exactly the same. I'm not bragging, but I thought that he stepped into a tight situation. It was tough. It should have been a lot of pressure. But he's very poised. He's a cool cool collective cucumber. Uh I'm telling you, he was pretty good. And I thought that the Dolphins threw a lot at him. And, you know, hey, he hung in there, made a few big throws. Did he miss some? Yes, but he made some good throws. This is a guy that seems like he just he's just going to be one of those move-the-chain type quarterbacks. He's not going to, you know, like wow you every play. 
it's not going to be dazzling or entertaining. Patrick Mahomish, it's not going to be any of that type of thing, but he will move the chains. He gets first downs. He can he can play within the system. Not a strong arm. I'm not sure about the uh, the deep ball accuracy yet, but he's accurate. He can get the job done. He just seems to make plays. He just seems like, you know, like you're not going to – if it's third and four, he's going to find a way to make a play. He bounced out of the pocket. He's not He's not a statue. He can run. He's a little mobile. So his mobility is going to – I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a few read options. Go back and look at the tape at, at Iowa State. He's got a lot of experience as far as college. He played all four years as a starter at Iowa State. And um, he got out of there with a pretty – well, I think I've got the numbers somewhere here. He got away with some fairly good numbers as well while he was uh while he was there. Uh so here here we go. Uh I think I have it. Yes, uh in relief of uh the duty on Sunday Purdy showed that he can he can keep the chains moving, make quick decisions and effectively get the ball into the hands of San Francisco talented playmakers. Man, he finished 25 of 37. All right, for 67, that's 67% completion percentage for 210 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. And that one pick was like a fourth down and two or three, and they just lobbed it up one-on-one coverage. He had pressure. He had to get rid of it. It was a pick. It was a 50-50 ball. Uh, I'm not tripping on that because it was like a punt, you know. But outside of that, uh, yes, he was sacked three times, but he posted an 88.8 passer rating. This guy's mystery relevant. He was picked last in the draft. And next week he's gonna be playing the goat Tom Brady. Um, man, his life has changed in just a week. As Jay Z said, it was all good just a week ago. I mean, <laughs> just a week ago he was a third string or second string. But but keep in mind, got keep in mind, even though he's gonna be starting his first game now, he was the backup to Trey Lance, and he had a decent preseason. And I was I was not surprised at what I saw. Neither was the team. Um, I'm telling you, um, Purdy seems like he's he's ready to go. He's confident. Uh, Fred Warner definitely did say uh, in the press conference that uh, he's he's been playing the best defense for 13 weeks straight. You know, he'll be fine, and that's exactly what's been going on when he you know when he's in practice. He's he's seen this team, and you know, like the Niners are the best. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if that was. Some people may think that that was a little arrogant, an arrogant statement for Fred Warner. But I mean, statistically, they are the number one defense in the league, and he doesn't think he can get much worse than what he sees every week in practice. So I mean, look, I'm not folding my cards in yet. I've still got a few spades, and I've still got a few possibles, man. I'm not really to turn my hand in just yet because I think that this offense does not really, you know, um, take any steps back. I mean. I really don't. I don't think it I don't think it will be any more limit than it was with Jimmy G. He will just play as they say the point guard for the 49ers offense and he will, you know, make a play every now and then when he needs to. He will put a drive together. He may not have a good four quarters, but he will put a drive together when needed, kind of like Taylor Heineke is doing right now in Washington. I think that we will be okay with the best defense and still a running game if these guys can stay healthy. I still like the Niners' chances right now. Now, do I? Now, what's the question between them and Seattle? Oh, it's just a game because Seattle just keeps—they just keep winning as well. They're still right on our ass. You Yeah, yeah. They 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 beat the Rams as they should have though on a Sunday, but they keep winning. It was a close one, but DK Metcalf pulled it off. So at seven and five, we're just a game ahead at eight and four. 
We will be meeting up with them next week on a Thursday night, but we got uh, Tom Brady coming into town first. All I know is that Purdy, look, I'm not trying to overreact. I'm just saying that I'm not folding in. Yeah, I'm not put. I'm not throwing my hand in yet. Uh, I still like some of the cards that I've been that I've been dealt. And but look, man, look. If there's any team that can pull it off, if there's any team that can pull this off, it's the Niners because this has got to be like the most resilient team that it is in the league. They've sustained so so many injuries, you know. And now here we are again, from Trey Lance breaking his ankle to now Jimmy Garoppolo breaking his damn foot, and now we're on our third quarterback. Let's have a quick conversation about that NFC West. Um, I'm looking at the Seahawks' remaining schedule. They got the Panthers coming to town this week. I'm going to count that as a win. Then they play. Then, like as you mentioned, they play all next Thursday night. That's going to be a much more interesting game to watch than it might have been. Yeah. Um, let's just for fun. I'll, I'll give y'all the win on that one. Uh, then they got the Chiefs. Uh, I'll give the Chiefs the win on that one. And then they have. The Jets and the Rams both at home uh, to finish the season out. So, I mean, I could see that at least three and two, potentially four and one, um, depending on how well you guys actually do play with Brock Purdy and all that good stuff. Uh, meanwhile, 49ers, I'm going to pull up their remaining schedule here real quick. I think ours is a little tougher. We've got Washington down there somewhere week 15, I believe. We've got Seattle coming up. We've got Brady coming up. Y'all got Tampa Bay this week, Seattle next Thursday, Washington, uh, Vegas, and Arizona. Yeah, well, you know, Vegas is playing better right now, though, so I don't know where they'll be when we play them, I think, week 17, but I'm not worried about, you know, Arizona week 18. But, yeah, I think our, t- our schedule may be a little tougher now that we're down to Purdy as, at quarterback. But, man, look, just we'll see. Just, just let me see a little bit more. There's not a lot to see, but I will say that, he he has a lot of experience from college. Uh, he does have some playing time. He he's been playing more. He's played more recent than than Trey Lance. You know, believe it or not, uh, his one loss record thirty and seventeen at Iowa State, and he threw for over twelve thousand one hundred seventy pass yards, eighty one touchdowns versus thirty three interceptions. He also rushed for uh, uh, nearly two thousand yards and rushed for nineteen touchdowns. He can scramble as well. So I mean, like, look. There were some people wondering why he was slipping so far down the board, maybe because of the division and the conference, I mean. But I don't know. But, yeah, Niners picked him up at number 200-whatever he was, Mr. Irrelevant, though. He was the last pick of the draft just this year. This is a rookie. Um, This guy. Oh, was he Mr. Irrelevant? I didn't know that. Yes, he's, yeah, he's Mr. Irrelevant. Yes, he's Mr. Irrelevant. Oh, wow. He's Mr. Irrelevant. And, and this guy is about to play against the GOAT. And this guy was like five months old when Tom Brady like was drafted in the NFL. So he really, as he was saying yesterday in the press conference, Brady has been playing for longer than he's been living. Damn near, he's pretty he's pretty spot on with that. So this is crazy that he's about to go against him in his first NFL start. Good luck for good luck, but man, the Niners' road. I don't know. We could slip away with this NFC West, but I'm not really so much worried about the division. I'm more worried about. Just getting in and making some noise when we get there. And uh, I don't know if we're going to go for Baker Mayfield or not. Uh, I will say that Kyle Shanahan came out and and said, I guess he was asked about it earlier to on uh, Monday. And uh, what did he say? He said that he feels real good 
right now at, at their quarterback situation. He says that he's always been a fan of Baker Mayfield, but he won't commit to adding a new quarterback. He seems very confident in Brock Purdy. We've heard this before he actually had to play, and now here we go. We'll see where it stands. Again, if you were to ask me right now, do I, do I like the Niners' chances with Brock Purdy going into Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game, and it's, you know, 23 degrees outside? I would probably tell you I'm not putting the mortgage on us to win that game. But, again, just taking one game at a time. Maybe the Eagles won't be there. You know, I don't know. Uh, maybe we can keep our fingers crossed that they won't. Who knows? But uh, more so, looking down the road, we got to get through this. And the, and the Niners are still ready to go. It looks like they like they had a moment. Damn, that's messed up, Jimmy. All right, screw it. Let's keep going. You know, we've got something to prove here. And I think that they really want to win this thing. And I think they're going to still fight to the end. But again, guys, if we don't win the Super Bowl, which we probably won't now, I can still see Tom Brady being a Niner next year. Depending on what he does this year in Tampa Bay or how he leaves Tampa Bay, are they going to say Trey Lance is still too young? And Jimmy's going to get signed probably by Carolina or somebody immediately because of the because of the way he was playing before he broke his foot. I, I just don't know. You know, would he come back? Yeah, he probably would. But how much money is Jimmy looking to go make? This could probably be it. So where are the Niners going to go now? That's the biggest question, not just of now, but the future. And that remains to be seen. But I think all of this really would tell the story to, to, to Shanahan. You know, his legacy and what he can do as a head coach or not. Like, is this going to be – is this going to end up him being out because he gave up a lot for Trey Lance and Trey Lance is not really going to be able to play? Um, if Brock Purdy does good and now you got him and Trey Lance in, in camp, that's going to kind of give me, like, RG3, Kirk Cousins vibes, you know, and, and and the Shanahan's were involved, you know, with that. They were responsible for that. Um, Anyway – I'm done ranting. The Niners are just can't win for losing. I, this is why some fans think that we are cursed. But I will say this for a little good look, maybe. Um, the last time a quarterback number 10 was injured and replaced by another quarterback number 13, like Brock Purdy is, it was when Trent Green went down with the Rams 23 years ago. And number 13, Kurt Warner, came in and won the damn Super Bowl. And they were called the greatest show on turf as that season progressed. Now, I'm not saying that that's us. I'm just saying Jimmy Garoppolo does wear number 10 and Brock Purdy wears number 13. And this is a damn good foot. And this is a damn good football team that Brock Purdy is taking over. All right. I understand that this is not Iowa State and this is not college, but he's got a, he's got some weapons there. And man. He's not afraid to let it rip. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm sure this makes Nick's a lot a lot more confident because I still think he, in the back of his mind, was like, man, I hope the Niners, somebody deals with them before they get to us. I, I'm thinking. I, know, I ain't fearing nobody. Don't get it twisted. I, I, I thought y'all were definitely the best conversation we were going to have. I still thought we was better than y'all. Well, knowing you, you probably did believe that. But we were going to prove you wrong. And who knows? Maybe we still will. I'm not throwing in my hand yet. Um, but, again, just wanted to let you know about that number 10 and that number 13. Remember I, I brought that up. All right, so we got to keep it moving, guys. Um, we've talked about Lamar Jackson's injury. We've talked about Jimmy Garoppolo's injury. And we've talked about the Eagles. 
the Niners and the Ravens all in one. Talked about Coach Prime. Um, also want to let you all know that OBJ, and I know people are probably tired of hearing about it, but he could possibly sign with the Cowboys as early as this week or the next couple of days. He was spotted at the Dallas Maverick game with Micah Parsons and a few more Cowboys front row watching Luka Doncic and the, and the Mavs. And it pretty much says that the free agent wide receiver, when asked the chances of Dallas signing him to a contract, his his response was, it's a good possibility. So, uh, looks like he's saying F Buffalo uh, and the Giants also. Forget the reunion. Is he going to be a Cowboy? God, I hope not. not. I just don't want to hear it. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I've kind of thought so all along, to be honest. And, and, and I don't even know how much of it is about winning, but just the marketability of him having to start his jersey. I mean, you know, it's, it's the same. That sounds pretty intriguing. He is still it? one of the five most recognizable uh, athletes in the NFL. Which is crazy, too. But, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. We are so worried so about a guy that, who may only play like – behind the star, and it's just yeah. – I mean, and within a couple of years, you know, his jersey sales will be crazy. Yeah. You know, on second thought, I guess I kind of do hope he signs. I hope he signs with them, and they still end up being a disappointment to the Cowboy fans as they usually are. So I guess this will just help them get further up the mountain for them to fall that much further. So I would enjoy that. <laughs> you low down, Nick. You low down, man. <laughs> I just call them like I see them. No, but I mean, I especially you. like, you know, real... like, if they, like if they had to lose us three times this year, we already beat them earlier this season. We got to play them near the end of the year, and we could potentially meet them in the playoffs. We could beat them three times this season and in their season while they also signed OBJ late in the year. That's just chef kid. That's just beautiful. I, I would like that. I tell you one thing: you do not want to beat the Cowboys uh, for a second straight time this regular season and see them in the postseason. You do not want that to happen. I'm telling you, uh, I don't think it's going to go well for you if that happens. It just doesn't happen where a team beats them three times in one season. OBJ or no OBJ, uh, but hey, I get you though. Nick is going to be very, very petty if that does happen, and the Eagles put Didn't out. Didn't y'all put, do that recently to somebody? No. No, that's that what kept us out of the Super Bowl. The third time was the charm. The Rams beat us in the championship game. Ah, what word is okay. we we beaten them eight straight times in the regular season? Yeah, but see, yeah, okay. that's what I, that's. So I'm just saying, if I were you, I wouldn't. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if you split with Dallas here in this regular season, just in case if you meet them again in the postseason. Now we can regroup. If you beaten the team two times, how do you game plan for the third time? Like it's almost like I'm not watching any film this week. We got them figured out. Nah, they've got now they've got two games of film to where they've got to tweak this, they got to tweak that, they got to plug this hole, plug that hole, and now guess what? They've got a shot and they mess around and they get the win. Biggest upset in playoff history. Cowboys beat the Eagles. They were home home field advantage seventeen and one. Whatever whatever record it would be, like this is unbelievable. Sixteen and one, and then bam, you know. So um, I'm just saying. I wouldn't want to win that game. That's just me. I wouldn't want to win that game. Not 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 too straight. I wouldn't want it. Uh, because the Cowboys are going to the playoffs, it seems. And um, uh, not only that, the Dallas Cowboys are going to the playoffs. And I guess I'll ask you guys who had the, the, the better, the most dominant win, I guess. The Eagles, we've already talked about what they did to the Titans, but the Cowboys, what they did to the Colts. We don't have to be on this long because it was a it would turn into a beatdown. But that 33-0 fourth quarter that the Cowboys put on on Sunday night, did they 
put the Eagles and the rest of the NFL on notice that, hey, it ain't just them. You know, you don't want to see us either come January. Uh, let's start with Terrence, and then we'll get to you, Nick, so you can talk about your rival ass. Um, you know what? I don't think they put anybody on notice because I think that until the Cowboys get over that hump and that hump by, by getting over that hump, I mean making it to the Super Bowl because they have won a playoff game or two here in the, over the past, you know, 10 years or so. But until they get over that hump, nobody's really taking whatever they do in the regular season series. Uh, the onslaught that they get hit the Colts with last night, the Colts didn't deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> Then those boys had Jeff Sanders, the man looked, looked like he was about to shed a couple of tears over there. It's like, what did you get yourself into? Man. Yeah, what, what did you get yourself into? But no, I don't think they put anybody on notice. <laughs> I, I think that if you watch them play, they are a good team. They're good at every area of the ball. Uh, but it's just that notion on them that they can't get past the big games in January or February. Um, you know, so until they do that, nobody really cares what they do in the regular season. But what if I was just a year off with my Dallas Cowboys winning the Super Bowl uh, uh, riddle? Or, hey, you better well could This team can do it. They very just, well. We haven't seen them do it in so long. When they've had a few teams that could do it. And for one reason or another, you know, they just caught that ball. Uh, they just don't do it. And I think that until they do, nobody's going <laughs> to take anything they do serious. Yeah, I understand, and as they probably shouldn't. But again, they could, they could, they could, they could come out and put up fifty on the Eagles, and everybody's going to be like, "All right, you know, playoff time, they'll lose." And yep. that's probably right. Yep, and, they pro- are, and probably they are quite would possibly be. correct. Yep, they're not going to put up fifty on the Eagles, though. Ah, I just wanted to hear Nick say that. Of course not. Of course not, Nick. But uh, yeah, the Cowboys though look. The defense looks good, and they could be adding OBJ to the offense. It, they definitely, definitely, definitely will be dangerous. Uh, the Cow- the 49ers were one of the most dangerous teams in the NFC, if not the league, before Jimmy Garoppolo went down. But with all those injuries, we- I mean, with all those weapons, we'll see if Brock Purdy can still keep it going. Um, other other games or big games, we should say, uh, from Sunday. Uh, well, first, uh, real quick, Tom Brady, Saints, Buccaneers, not a lot to talk about, but on Monday Night Football, the Buccaneers look bad. They've been looking bad all season, up and down, very inconsistent. But Tom Brady doing what he does, being down 16-3 with about four or five minutes left. He gets two touchdowns and just pulls them out of his ass out of nowhere and gets the win 16 – I mean 17-16. 17-16, yeah. Is the the win for Tampa Bay on a Monday night. Football, now they're going to San Francisco. To Santa Clara to take on the 49ers uh, next week. Uh, other games, though, from week 13, Deshaun Watson, very rusty in his return to Houston, uh, but they got the win nonetheless. But it was his first game back in a while. So uh not not much to say about that. Let's just let's just see him get in the rhythm. I don't think Cleveland's making the postseason anyway, but I think they make a run. Speaking of making a run, the Pittsburgh Steelers, boy, boy, boy. Uh, Pickens is looking like the real deal Holyfield and so is that wide receiver out there and the defense well we know that they have been good and they're even better now that T.J. Watt is back Mika Fitzpatrick flying all over the field that defense is something scary and if they've gotten themselves a new franchise quarterback in Pittsburgh then as I've always said before the Steelers are always going to compete and here they are they're coming back 
And regardless of how this season ends, if that guy's good, old Pickens, watch out. Um, because the defense is damn good. Uh, so they got to win. And then what else do we have? The Giants and Commanders. That was a big game for the NFC East, but nobody got the win. Uh, as much as both of them needed to win, neither one of them got the win. We don't know if that will help or hurt them as the season progresses. But as of now, Giants 7-4-1 and four and, one, and the Commanders 7-5-1. and five and one. But the Washington still hasn't lost a game in quite some time, even though they didn't get the win on Sunday. Uh, what am I missing? What am I missing? We've already talked Chiefs Bengals. That was that was big. Good finish. Niners Dolphins. Again, the Dolphins. Uh Tua didn't look quite like Tua, but the Niners defense had a lot to do with that. Um uh, what else we got? What else we got? What else we got? That may be it for the football. I know we want to talk about AD uh real quick and what he's been doing That's for the good. Lakers. And the Lakers are tearing it up, and that's good for the NBA whenever the Lakers are balling, regardless of what you, you know you hear from this podcast or any other podcast out there about the Lakers. It's always good when the Lakers are doing good, though, in the NBA. It's good for the NBA. Uh, so, again, uh, I think that's pretty much a majority of the big football games that, that there is to talk about. Uh, if I don't think that I'm missing one. Or leaving any other big ones out. But those were some big games. Oh, the Jets and the Vikings. That was a good one as well. But the Vikings held on and got the win. We were right about that as well. I think me and Nick both went with the Vikings. But there was some good matchups between uh, Jefferson against DJ Reed and against uh, Sauce Gardner. There was some times where he was out there on him as well. And, again, Jefferson still won most of those battles. But they were popping him. Justin Jefferson got a lot of dog in him. He showed that because he bounced back up every time and did not have one drop. So Justin Jefferson still showing you that he's the man, and uh, they got the win up against the Jets. Mike White didn't look bad, though, once again. So, uh, again, I don't know about Zach Wilson, if he will be returning or not as a starter for the New York Jets. Uh, guys, if we're done, do you first before we finish it, do you think the Niners should go get Mayfield, or do you think they should, they should stick with Brock Purdy? and Josh Johnson, who they brought in from the uh, Broncos practice squad as the backup? I don't think they should touch Baker Mayfield. I think, I think Baker Mayfield is a lot closer to being done in the league than he is playing for 40 minutes. Baker Mayfield's not good at football as a professional. I don't, I don't know why. I, let me rephrase. I do know why he continues to get the opportunities that he does. But I don't understand the discourse around him from people who seem to think that there's like this untapped talent of his that we're just not seeing. He's not good at it. He, I mean, he was good in college. He won the Heisman, if I'm not mistaken. Good for you, whatever. It's a different level between the college and the pros, and he's not good as a professional quarterback. And the 49ers are a team that is very much in position to contend. Baker Mayfield doesn't help talk, doesn't help in that cause, in my opinion. No. Even over Brock Purdy. I agree. He doesn't. Uh, I wonder what I wonder what they consider Trey Lance coming back. I don't know if he was on the designated to return list or not. Shanahan has been hell bent on saying that he's not returning, but uh, depending on how Brock Purdy looks in practices or how he looks in the next game or so, I still wouldn't be surprised if they try to get this man cleared and activated for the playoffs. Uh, the Niners, their stretch is a little tougher than Seattle's. They do 
get a chance to beat Seattle, though, if they beat them on Thursday night where they can have a little bit of a cushion or if they need that after taking a few L's here coming up. Washington is a scary, tricky game, and I think that – well, now that game, I think I think it's going to be at home also, but Washington is tough right now. Um, Tampa Bay, don't know what to say about them, but they're coming up right now. So Tampa Bay, Seattle – and somebody else in between before Washington and, and, and you know, like in Arizona, I mean, hey, we'll see. But, again, Purdy doesn't look bad. He looks pretty good. And I'm thinking that we – I'm thinking we actually may have a little bit more explosive to the offense. That was some plays where he got out of the pocket. And I'm like, wow, Jimmy couldn't have did – Jimmy wouldn't have done that. And then he completed it, found a man. And he gets the second down. I mean, the first down. Now, I will say that he might have missed the guy earlier on that play, but the pressure was coming. He got out of the pressure, was able to scramble, and still found Debo later on in the play and still got the, the, the first down. Moving the chains. That seems to be what he can do. And if you can get that done, man, look, again, we are a team where we're not asking for you to be like Peyton Manning in 2006. We're not asking for you to play like Aaron Rodgers as of last year and a lot of MVP years. All you need to do is kind of just, I mean, I hate to say it, maybe you can even be Mark Sanchez. Just don't F it up. That's how good the defense has been playing in the running game, getting back to, yeah, no butt you know, fumbles. to normal. Yeah, yeah, but no but no butt fumbles. Uh, that's what it's looking like, though. But anyway, uh, we'll see. And OBJ could possibly very well be a Dallas Cowboy. That's going to shake some things up a little bit more in the NFC. And, um, again, just sad that the whole time we talked about OBJ and where he's going, Baltimore's name never came up as if they didn't need a wide receiver. The Tennessee Titans' name never came up as if they didn't need a wide receiver. John Robinson, shame on you for trading away A.J. Brown, man, and not even trying to go for OBJ or – Unless OBJ didn't answer the phone, which I can understand, but like there should have been some kind of sense of urgency with a team that's actually looking like a postseason team. What are you planning on doing when you get to the postseason? Just saying we made it to the postseason, just for the sake of making it to the postseason? I think it's time for John Robinson to go. He was looking like he was doing a pretty decent job as general manager, but now no. And Mike Vrabel, get him out of there too, because as good as he's been, as much as he's been winning. Jeff Fisher had a lot of winning seasons, too, but he never won a chip. He never got nothing out of it. And he ran Eddie George in the ground while doing it. And, you know, he really hurt Steve McNair's statistical stats uh, the early part of his career. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Vrabel has a terrible offensive coordinator for what I've been hearing about in Todd Downing and a terrible defensive coordinator. And if you won't fire these guys, then we've got to fire your ass, too. That's how I would see it if I, you know – was over the Titans, you know. That's what I tell the ass. But anyway, um, I digress. Guys, Anthony Davis has snapped out here the past two games. He scored like 99 in the past two games. And just the other night on Sunday night, he went off for 55 and 17. And the Lakers are winning games again. At one point, they were way under 500. And now I believe they're just a game or two over. 500, if I'm not mistaken, or they're right. They're they're a lot better than what they were. And um, uh, guys, what the hell's going on here? The Lakers went from a laughing stock to now they've gained a lot of stock. Yeah, and, and you know what? And that's the problem. Uh, everybody was around here, uh, you know, 
quoting Charles Barkley calling this man street clothes, and it was all fun and games. And now we got to deal with the real Anthony Davis, which is why I came up with a new name for him. Uh-oh. This is Final Form Davis. He ain't nice. <laughs> he ain't nice, and he ain't here to play around with Goku or Gohan. You can send all of them boys up if you want to. Final Form Davis is here to cash some checks that y'all been serving out for laughing at him about being in the street clothes. And it's not pretty. Hmm. Final Form Davis. Okay. Final Form Davis. I like that, man. Yeah. I like that. And now, now, let me make sure I'm hearing that right. You're not saying final four. You're saying final forum. Final form, as in like sale. Yeah, absolutely. He is eating all the androids. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 He coming for, and he and he is coming for some souls. And it's not so funny now. It was funny <laughs> when he was in street clothes. Yeah. It ain't so funny now. Right. Well, I, and what's even crazier is I would actually call the forty the forty four points that he put up on Friday. Even more impressive than the fifty-five he put up yesterday, because forty-four we put up on Friday was against Giannis, um, Giannis. As, as as his main matchup there. So that um, is. Giannis matched him. You know, Giannis matched him with forty of his own. The eighty also uh, out rebounded him, ten rebounds to seven. So um, I didn't I didn't watch either of those games, but what I will say is that just that looking at that at that box score suggests to me that Anthony Davis is playing with a higher level of energy and a physicality than what we've seen from him. Uh, over the years, um, only three uh, three point attempts that night against the Bucks. He made two of them, so that's also pretty good. Uh, let me see how that stacks up to what he did last night. That, 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 that's very impressive too that he done that against yeah. Giannis. Last, yeah, last night, good. once again, two or three from three. So everything else he's doing, that's another twenty buckets he got. You know, strictly in the paint. Right. Uh, you know, when you got a guy going out there doing that uh, at his size with his kind of talent. Uh, yeah, and I'm just, they start starting to look up for the Lakers. It gives me hope that maybe one day we'll get final form Carl Anthony Towns, but uh, eh, I have less faith in that. <laughs> Man, considerably <laughs> less faith in that. <laughs> yeah, this, this this is very impressive though. From what we've seen, this is the Anthony Davis that I've been wanting to see. Like, where is he? Where is he at? Because one minute, hey, this, this is the top five player in the league, and then the next. It's like, well, damn this, this was this this took a turn for the worse rather quickly. Now he's turning into, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, a has been, and damn, there I was about to use the word washed, maybe rinsed a little bit, uh, but now here we go, he's back. Maybe he is in final form, as as, as Terrence has been alluding to, man. And uh, this is good stuff, though, man. It's always good for the league, though, for the Lakers to be playing good and. Russell Westbrook throwing lobs and everything, and they're having fun, and it just doesn't look as bad. And, again, I told people that, man, look, you can't believe that he's going to have a season as bad as that one. It can't get much worse. And now they're starting to pick it up here. So, uh, interesting to see, you know, how the Lakers will keep it going. We're going to end the show, ladies and gentlemen, and talk about the rumors surrounding Jim Harbaugh, and we're going to get out of here. Jim Harbaugh has multiple teams doing their homework I'm the Michigan head coach who locked up a college football playoff bid once again, and they are number two in the nation uh, behind number one, Georgia. And then you've got TCU at three. And now the number four, the top four team changing once again, yet another week out with USC in with Ohio state back in with Ohio state. That is, 
a lot of people said Utah was going to beat USC, and they did. And I was just – we were just talking, me and Nick last week, we talked about how we've got to watch USC. They supposedly have the Heisman Trophy winner right there at quarterback at the ham, you know, uh, over there in USC. And then they lose to Utah. Now Ohio State's back in there. And, guys, like, regardless of what's going to happen with the college football playoffs and people are asking for eight and 12 and things like that as far as the number because of Alabama and what happened. I'm going to ask you about that in a minute. But just Harbaugh alone, should he go back to the NFL? If so, where? Even though he came out and he immediately on Monday morning say that uh, he's staying in Michigan, he will be in Michigan next year. Does it depend on how he finishes this season in Michigan to determine what happens to him in the future after this season or whatever? Um, how, how do y'all see that right now? And I know Nick says Georgia's going to win, but Terrence, do you think Michigan actually has a, cha- a shot at beating Georgia in the championship if that's how it you know pans out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think they've got a shot. Uh, you know, I wouldn't give them a, a huge shot. They do have a shot. And as far as him going back, as far as Harbaugh, um, GM possibly going back to the league, I just think it's got to be the right job. He's not going to leave Michigan just for the sake of going to the NFL. But if it's the right job, I think earlier Nick mentioned if he could uh, possibly coach um, uh, Herbert. I mean, no offensive mind the coach is going to pass up that opportunity. So, you know. It's all about the right opportunity. Yeah, I second that. I mean, it's definitely got more to do with the opportunity, and also with what he, you know, what he gets done in Michigan. Whether it's you know, if he, if, he, if for whatever reason Michigan was to win a national title this year, or you know, anytime soon, I think that would kind of give you know, in his own mind, kind of release him, uh, give them opportunity to kind of be able to walk away from Michigan, and I think it would still have to coincide with the right job being available. Um, now, what the right job looks like with Jim Harbaugh would also be the second question. Um, you know, there's rumors that maybe the Cowboys job could be available here sometime soon if if uh, they don't, you know, live up to Jerry Jones' standards of wanting to get back to a, to a Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, maybe he and Sean Payton and other guys end up in the running for that. Um, maybe, you know, somebody goes, you know, maybe he gets in line for the Carolina job. That's not, you know, necessarily a very attractive job. Between, you know, looking at the, at the uh, talent and things of that nature they've got there, but uh, you know, who knows? You know, it kind of would take you knowing what his desires are. Um, and Jim Harbaugh is not the most uh, outspoken coach in the in the in the NCAA. Yeah, old Jim Harbaugh. I was always a fan of him, but just never could win the big, huge game when it mattered the most. He's gotten the Buckeyes two years straight now. Finally. And now he's starting to look like, okay, this guy can coach. He's done it at San Diego State. He's done it, you know, at Stanford. He went to the 49ers and did damn good with them. They were competitive again. Super Bowl appearance, NFC Championship appearances, you know, and whatnot, NFC title. And then back to Michigan, turns them around. I think he very well could be going back to the NFL, regardless of what he says, just depending on, you know, again, as Terrence said, the opportunities. Who's going to pass up on the Chargers? Probably not him. Now, if he wins this, the championship, the national championship in Michigan, man, go ahead and sign that lifetime achievement, uh, that lifetime uh, coaching contract that they offered you before in the past, I believe. Sign it. Stay there. That's your alumni. Stay there forever. If they're going to pay you to stay there forever, stay there forever. You know, there's no pressure. You know, just beat Ohio State every now and then, and you've got a job. You know, you're good. Great job security. 
It's not quite the same if you take the job for the Arizona Cardinals or the Carolina Panthers or even the Chargers. It just depends. It's got to be about the right opportunity. But, uh, man, wouldn't that be something? Knowing Harbaugh, he would jump at an Arizona Cardinal job. He would probably love to beat Jed York, you know, like for the next couple of years. He would probably love to, to have a chance at doing that, the way their relationship ended. But anyway, uh, so that's pretty much it as far as that. But, look, I think can they change the top four anymore or is this it? And if so. No, nah, this is it. This is it. Okay, so what's your thoughts on who didn't get in, who didn't creep back into four? A lot of people were screaming for Alabama to creep back in. Uh, I, I think more than Ohio, I think more than Indiana. I mean, um, damn, Utah beating USC. I think more than that had to happen in order for Alabama to get back in it. But your, your, what's your take on how this Final Four ended? Did they get it right or did somebody get screwed here? Uh, I think I heard Terrence said he had he had an argument. He felt like uh, Alabama kind of got left out. I want to hear, hear what he has to say on that. Oh yeah, let's go with that right now. What you got to? I want to hear that. Do we still have to? Uh yeah, that's a good question. Okay, so maybe we are going back to you, Nick. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get that from him. But yeah, your take then on what on how that played out, if, if you have one. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I mean, just from trying to be objective about it, I didn't have a huge problem with Alabama getting left out. Uh-huh. Um, by the same token, my other issue was that seeing how Michigan, you know, really just put it to Ohio State uh, the other week here, um, I kind of felt kind of weird that they found a way back in. So uh, you know, I can I can kind of see that argument on both sides. Um, ultimately, I kind of come down on the side of not really having a problem with how it turned out. Okay. T, do we got you back now to, to talk about yeah, Alabama? Yeah, sorry about, yeah, okay. yeah, sorry about that. All right. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my problem with the uh, with the way the teams were selected in the end is that I think context matters. Now, everybody's going to talk about, oh, well, Alabama lost two games. Yeah, lost two games in like the last play of the game for, for two different teams. Uh, meanwhile, Ohio State got beat absolutely, absolutely beat down at home. And I just think that the, the context, if you look at the context with them too, to me, that, that makes Alabama uh, better in that situation. Alabama, to me, should have been a, the number five team is where the real issue is. So that when when that first team lost, that they got rolled in there. But I, I think there's a problem uh, within the selection committee, within the most fans in college football. If, if, it's kind of like the Cowboys, where if you're not an Alabama fan, you just typically, you know, don't care about Alabama. I am neither, and, you know, we already know that my school has to play them every year. But I don't think it's right for them to have been punished for losing two games where I total of, like, three or four points. I forgot exactly what the uh, total of points was. Uh, but for Ohio State to get absolutely trounced and for them to be automatically put in a position to be put back into the playoffs – when I, I believe that Alabama should have been sitting right that way. I got you. I got you. Okay, well, you make a good point. And, um, but I am glad that they didn't take TCU out uh, because I don't think that TCU should have been punished for uh, losing an overtime game to a top-10 team. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe drop one rating or something, one one position or something. Maybe they should, maybe they should have dropped the number four and, and, and Ohio State should have been number three, but... Um, you know, it's uh, but I guess they didn't want that 
they want to save their potential Michigan rematch for, you know, yeah. uh, the championship game if they so happen to get it. So I, I totally get that. But anyway, just, you know, hey, this will be settled out next year when there's 12 teams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so uh, good luck good luck to that. And good luck to Kansas State, I think, who's got Alabama. Uh, and uh, I forgot which bowl it is, Sugar Bowl, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's you know, hey, look, that's what happens, you know. Like it for me, it probably will be twelve teams as well, for real though, uh, T. But yeah, it, it, that's that's just how it goes. Like Alabama is in it so much; they're always so good. So what? Yeah, it's one yeah. year that they miss out. But you made a good point, T. But I'm glad that they're not in it. I'm glad they didn't get put in it. Ohio State, you make a good point on how they probably shouldn't have gotten back to it, but where do you go from there? Like, is and I don't think Alabama still is next on the list if you do bypass Ohio State. I mean, USC just got yeah, Alabama, Alabama was number six. They had Alabama at number six. But who was five? Uh, Ohio State was number five. Okay, so that's – okay. So that, so, that, so that when USC lost – uh, Alabama, I mean, Ohio State was was automatically the next team to get up because they were at number five. Okay, five and six. I got you. Well, so I just I just thought that they they set it up to where there was no way Alabama was going to get in uh, because yeah. they you know they unless TCU had gotten blown out, yeah, or you know Georgia or even if Georgia lost, they, they Georgia was not going to be not be in the playoff. No, they hell you know, no. Michigan Michigan was not going to not be in the playoff. But, no, uh, unless TCU just... got blown out, they were not going to come out. But we. We all kind of suspected that Utah might might lay a hammer down on, on uh, USC. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, here we go. That's where we stand. It is what it is. I'm I'm comfortable with the the top four, and pretty much we're gonna see one and two though, probably in the championship. Uh, Michigan and Georgia. Nick seems to think seems to think that nobody's beating Georgia. Uh, this will be back to back for them if they win. But uh, I, I believe Georgia probably does win again. The SEC man. That's how it goes. But I I will be rooting for Harbaugh to get this. If he doesn't, I won't be surprised. Depending on the right, you know, opportunity, there are several teams eyeing him. I heard six or seven. But uh, Chargers, Cardinals, those could be very, very, very intriguing for him. Hell, what about Green Bay? Who's to say Matt LaFleur is going to hang around there much longer? What if they give up on him? It doesn't look like he's that good of a damn coach. Uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. We don't know if it's him or Aaron. We don't know if it's a little bit of both. But uh, speak- oh, we know it's Aaron. It's been Aaron for years. We know that. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, I'm, yeah, I know. But I mean, like the struggle, the struggling. Even since they've been struggling, like who's to say, like uh-huh. who's to point the finger at? It's been a little bit of everything. But yeah, when he was balling out, yeah, we 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 know it definitely made Lafleur's job a lot easier. Also, but now that he hadn't been just playing like Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's starting to get back there, but since you hadn't saw that same Rodgers, it's like, wait a minute, how good is LaFleur? You know, and here we go. Uh, I question on how he got the job. He was an OC in Tennessee, and I question how he got the job. Same thing for um, Vrabel when he got the job after being in D.C. in Houston. I question how he got the job, but he's been he's been good, though. He's been winning, uh, just not, you know, the big games. Uh, he, he has to get further in the postseason. But anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's pretty much it. We, 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 we touched the top four. We touched on Harbaugh, possibly going back to the NFL. And I'm uh, glad that we were able to get some good stuff in there. T gave his analysis on why Alabama could have crept back in there. 
Would it have been some problems if they did sneak back into that number four? Would they have made some noise? Like, could they have possibly upset? I don't even know if you would call it an upset, but yeah, it would because they would have been number four. Oh, yeah, they were, they were very capable of winning it all had they been um, able to get back into the playoff. But, you know, I'm, I'm just glad they didn't move TCU down too far. But had they had they done that, yeah, it could have been, you know, yeah. it would have been a totally different conversation. Yeah, yeah, they definitely had a shot. You know what I mean? You know, Alabama, if Alabama was in the playoff, they're, they're always a threat. Um, they would have they seen, you know, at the four spot hours, they would have played Georgia first. So, you know, who knows? Um, with that game, Georgia's one of the few teams that they walk into it. And it's like, hey, we, you know, we can go, you know, step for step, talent for talent with Alabama, Alabama there. So, uh, but if they're in it, they, uh, they always got a shot. Yep, no doubt. All right, uh, is I, am I leaving anything out? If not, that's all I've got here on the Great Debate Show. It's been a good one, a very long one, but man, we had so much to get out, and I think the prime, uh, the the Coach Prime stuff took us like the first. It took pretty much the first chunk of the the show, like the first half of the show. Uh, I mean, the first half hour, anyway. So, but that's all I've got if, as far as I can think of. That's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me too. All right. Tune in Thursday for my for my next uh, big parlay prediction. <laughs> yeah, that's why they you you already you did discuss that. Yeah, you did the two touchdowns. Yeah, for AJ I, I, Brown. I, gave, I gave out two touchdowns and a hundred yards for AJ. Yeah, uh, that was I'm sure that was at least a plus a thousand. That was a good part of my other other points I got on that parlay. Hey, shout out to the Detroit Lions again. We didn't speak on them, but they're four and one in the last five games after starting one and six. So kudos to them, Dan Campbell. Just when we were about to give up on the Lions, and you know we were picking them early. Like at least I know I was like, I'm picking them. I think they'll win this one. And then Terrence just said, "Man, I'm done picking the Lions." And how can you blame them? But now look again, four and one in their last five games. After a one and six start, they're twenty six point three points per game. It's sixth in the NFL. You know, last season it was 25th. Now it's sixth. Jared Goff looking a whole lot better than Matt Stafford right now about these days. I tell you, boy, huh? I mean, I know that the Rams got the chip, though, so I know they're they're, they're glad. But, man, aren't the Rams looking good? That was something else that I was – nobody would have predicted that Super Bowl hangover that I, I did. Man, the Rams look bad. Um, And Seattle, Geno Smith, man, if y'all don't – Sit y'all but down somewhere, man. Like, seriously. With Garoppolo being hurt now, I'm starting to kind of sweat a little bit. I wasn't worried about the Seahawks, and I actually expected for this dream, this 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 wonderful dream that they're having, to turn into a nightmare, and it hasn't yet. So, this is going to be interesting. Once again, San Francisco and Seattle, would you know, in the NFC West. Uh, on the next episode, we will talk about the Sunday games, we will talk about Thursday night football between the, I think the Raiders and the, uh, I don't think it's a playoff team though. So I don't think it really matters, but I think it still could be entertaining because the Raiders are making a comeback and they're playing better football, much better football. They beat the Chargers uh, on Sunday, big win for them. They're five and seven, but they're on a roll now. I think they've won like, they were one and four or something like that. So they're definitely playing much, much better. And um, But we're going to talk about Russell Wilson. We're going to finally get down to the bottom of what Terrence said because Russell Wilson, this is this this almost doesn't even look fixable as far as how bad Russell and the Denver Broncos look. And I just keep thinking that he's going to bounce back and have this good game to say hi 
told y'all I still got it, man. You thought I was Terrence is really starting to look right here with this with this washed this this whole well not washed. I guess this is me saying washed, but it hit this whole <laughs> this whole system quarterback thing. And if so, then I have to really, really apologize to Pete Carroll and how I have viewed him and his coaching legacy. That's on the next episode of the Great Debate Show. But T is looking smarter and smarter by the day every time Geno gets a win in Seattle and Russell gets a loss in Denver. And we almost fail to realize that that happened again on Sunday. Um, but again. To help you finish up a little earlier, uh, Jarvis, that game for the Raiders is against the Rams this week. The Raiders are currently 5-7. and seven. It's not, not it's not unfeasible that they can still make the playoffs. Hey, well that makes it entertaining though. And I did I said that there was a I knew I figured it was against a team that was not a playoff team, but that's okay. The Raiders have been very interesting to watch and they've starting to be entertaining like we thought they would. I had the Raiders at ten and seven, nine and eight. They have a chance to still get that nine and eight. Possibly that's ten correct. and seven. The five and seven now, uh the yeah. six and seven seed are the Titans and Jets. Yeah. Who are both seven and five, um, and the Raiders remain the schedule. They got the Rams this week mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday. Then they got the Patriots coming to town. They visit the Steelers. The Forty ers come to town, and then the Chiefs come to town. So those last two games could get rough. But these three, three they got in front of them right now, they could at least get over five hundred and uh, make an extra for themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, man, the Raiders, here we go. Uh, just when I was about to give up on Josh McDaniels, uh, shout out to Devontae Adams because he's finally getting to do what he knew he could do. I think he probably – I don't know. Who leads the league in, in touchdowns for receivers? I know Devontae is starting to really rack him up here lately since they've started to get on the roll. And even when they weren't playing good, he would still like have like a walk-off touchdown or something. The Raiders finished more games like with – Devontae Adams has had a walk-off touchdown uh, against the Broncos. Then you had you had Josh Jacobs with a walk-off touchdown just last week uh, against uh, Seattle, in Seattle. And, um, well, then Seattle just had the walk-off touchdown with Metcalf. This time, you know, it was the Seahawks doing it. But the Raiders have really, like, they've had some good finishes. So, yeah, we'll, we'll check that out. Raiders, Rams. Thursday night football. Um, but Devontae Adams, is he still is he still like the best in the league, even though we haven't really got to see what we normally see when he was playing with Aaron Rodgers? Him and Derek Carr starting to cook. They're starting to cook right now, though. Where do you line him up with the Stephon Diggs and the Justin Jeffersons? We gotta come back to that and, and, and see if we got a debate on it. But other than that, guys, it's been too long. I'm done. We're gonna get out of here. But this has been a great debate show. Um, bang bang we'll see how many more bullets we got left Niner gang <laughs> y'all be safe out there. <laughs> y'all be easy